Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel. We are on episode three, halfway through. The episode is titled Destined. So let's introduce the panel tonight. First, we have the super producer in the house, one Jake Christie. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I also want to add that since this is the halfway point, could you say, whoa, we're halfway there. <laughs> yes, we are. We are, in <laughs> fact, uh, living on a prayer. No, you're good. You're good. And someone else who is living on a prayer is Jerome Chang, who is not here today. He is, once again, on assignment uh, somewhere there and about, Jerome, we will see you soon. But we do have a substitute, our pal, friend of the show, Murphy's Multiverse, does the stuff with the Jets. Dalbin Osorio is back. Dalbin, how are you? Well, I'm doing good, man. And, you know, before before we hit record, I was thinking, you know, this is not the try hard episode. This is not when you guys need me to be Kevin Durant. You just need me to fit into the offense. It's the first time you guys have had me back on since the big deal. Right. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to play my game. I'm not I'm not going to try too hard. And we're going to do this damn thing. But I'm super excited to be back to talk about this show, which is slowly, slowly turning into probably my favorite Disney Plus show. And that's saying a lot. So I'm really excited. And I'm glad you said that because as customary when we bring somebody on who who has not weighed in on the series to this point, we ask them, how do what do they think of the show so far? So let's just go the first two episodes. How how do you how do you feel about this show? What are your thoughts? I love it, man. I, I've I've loved the artwork. Um, I thought I've, I think that it's been a really really creative way to use Jersey City, and like I spent a lot of time in my childhood in Jersey City, so a lot of things stand out to me. Like I, the quote that sticks out to me is when Bruno goes to her, when she's like, "Oh, when he tells Kamala." you want to leave your bike here in Jersey city? I thought that was the best. Cause I was like, yeah, you don't do that in Jersey city. That's not something that you do. <laughs> um, but it feels like a very lived in Jersey city. It's a really good coming of age story, which I don't know that Marvel has gotten the chance to crack yet. And like, even when we talk about Spider-Man, like in a lot of ways, Spider-Man had to come of age in the backdrop of the Avengers. Kamala's coming to mm-hmm. age in, in an era where the Avengers are gone, essentially. Right. Like they're, 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 they're I can get the politics out of you. It's, it's Kamala. It's, I, I know. <laughs> I know, you know, you get you, the, 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 the politics, the political Twitter guy. I understand. That's I right. made the mistake the first episode. It's Kamala. Kamala. Don't Kamala. Want to on the wrong way. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, but I, I, I love it, man. I think it's, I think it's an, it's a really good show. I think it's, it's working for what it is. And I think that they, the changes to her story from the comics, I, I admit it. Like when I first read about him, I was like, oh, that's not really going to work. Right. But I, I think that they've mm-hmm. nailed it. And I think they've nailed it in a way that makes sense for the MCU, this earth and her story. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I would say coming into this episode, like and we've talked about it on the show, but there is something fresh uh, about this series so far, to your point out being uh, when we talk about the coming of age story and things like that. So far, it feels it feels different and in a very good way. I just. I like these characters. I like that the plot has not doesn't make me feel like even with the 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 nature of paying attention to it, I actually care just as much, if not more, about seeing 
the the father and mother, the family, the brother, all of like all of the friends, like all of the this aspect, this culture has uh, been very, very interesting to watch unfold. And it continues in this episode. So we start off in 1942 in the uh, the, the partition uh, India. And who we see is we see the person, uh, Cameron Killer Cam's uh, mama mm-hmm. that we saw in the end of episode two, uh, looking the same age, looking real young. So wondering what's happening there. And we see also Kamala's, uh, I think it's her, it's her great grandmother. Yes. It's her great grandmother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are in some ruins one a couple things off the bat that we get with this we get the first shot of the we get the shot of the bangle and we see that they're talking about what can this bangle do and and uh what does it mean it's picked up off of the arm of somebody who looks to be Cree. So yeah. that's something that's right off the bat that's that's interesting as well. Another thing that also stands out here is when the shot kind of zooms out, we see the mm. emblem of the Ten Rings, which mm. is another thing that was uh, was fascinating to see. Uh, we don't have an Easter egg segment anymore, but he's peppering them in. The Easter eggs are coming. No, because it's like, you know, that, that, that part was like, once I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, there, this is a lot for the first five minutes. So mm-hmm. I thought that aspect was fascinating. Uh, Jake, in terms of getting a little bit of this backstory on uh, Najima and and uh, Aisha, what, what, did, what did you think here of how this episode started? I thought it was an interesting way to start. I think that it... Um... The, the thing that was most effective about it is that it showed that, uh, you know, these people didn't age, that that's kind of like the thing. To, and it, it makes you immediately wondering what's going on with them, that clearly they're not just people who are uh, after Kamala. Um, I don't I, I think it's going to pay off more later going on as we learn more of what the actual truth is about the clandestines, um, because I'll say that uh, some of the stuff that we see here suggests that maybe what they're saying about themselves is not true fully. Mm-hmm. Um like the Cree arm or, you know, it's just you, you wonder uh, how true it all is. Um, but I think for a way to start, it was an interesting way to start. And it kind of broke up to uh, it, it broke up the way the last episode ended. And it gave us gave us a place to reframe what it, it kind of was like a way of telling us what we were going to investigate this episode. Yes, yes. And Dal Bean, from a comic book head standpoint, this had to fascinate the hell out of you, right? Yeah. So you mentioned the the blue hand, which I immediately was like, oh. That's a Cree hand. That's a Cree hand. Um, so that jumped out at me. I think the I think the continued mentions of alternate dimensions, right? Which is we've we heard it in Shang Chi. We now hear it here in Miss Marvel, right? And coming off of Doctor Strange, where we heard that you know where if variants spend too much time on an Earth, you get an incursion. And I'm wondering as now, like as this episode was happening, I was like, are dimensions and other worlds one and the same? Right. And and is it just that, yeah. you know, one of the things that Kevin Feige talked about before Loki was that our our understanding, like the average person, our understanding of what the rules of time travel were, were as it was explained to the Avengers. Right. But then we get the real rules in Loki, too. So I'm curious mm-hmm. now because we keep hearing about these dimensions. And to Jake's point, if you look at it, Shang-Chi, 
the folks that were in the other dimension, right? Like they didn't age either, right? Like folks were kind of just, like yeah. folks looked very young, and you kind of see some of the similar, some of that similar, you know, folks not aging, folks still retaining a lot of their strength, being stronger than normal, right? Like we'll get to mm-hmm. this in a little bit later, but even the fight with Kamala, it's it's they're 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 pull, not pulling punches. They are they're absolutely taking it to her. Um, and so I think so there was that then what you mentioned about the 10 ring symbol popping out. I thought that was intriguing again, connecting it back to Shang-Chi. I think that there's a lot in this show that Marvel is sprinkling. Right. Uh, Kevin Feige mm-hmm. had a quote this week where he said, you know, we thought we've dropped crumbs, but, you know, we'll make it more apparent. I think we all know where we're headed, um, but they continue yeah. to p- drive the train in that way in a very, very real way. But this episode had a lot, even from the, you know, the 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 gin to the to the clandestines. Right. And just their role. Right. Like there's 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 so much that not only impacts this earth that we now know as earth 616, but also impacts all these other earths. And we've heard what we've heard about other earths and, you know, in, 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 uh, in Dr. Strange. So I'm curious to see where we come out at the end of this show, because there's a lot here that's going to drive us towards what we know is secret wars. We know that that's what they're going towards. Well, listen, this is one of those things where, you know, it's a Dalbin Osorio guest episode where we get the rabbit hole right off, right off the bat. Right off yeah, the it's, uh, I think I, I think Lewis Carroll took a few more pages than this to get Alice down the rabbit hole. And his, <laughs> in, uh, his not I, buddy, not I. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I, I think that my own my big complaint with this episode, and obviously we're going to keep going through the plot. Yeah. I think that they could have done much better with the villains. And I think it's just kind of a symptom of the fact that the show didn't introduce a villain until episode three, really. Um, and I hope that they have some more specificity with it. Um, because even as someone who doesn't have the baggage of, you know, this being my culture or anything like that, which in, um, obviously I've read a lot of things, uh, written about it, um, for people whose culture it is, even without that, it still feels like, too neat to make it like oh we're actually this thing that you grew up hearing stories about you know and i hope that there's a twist coming because i think that if it is that simple then it's kind of just like okay do we really need another type of godly being like in the universe like do we really need that i think logistically speaking there has to be a twist because i think if you know the simplicity of it if they do this otherwise just seems seems empty is what I would call it, especially with a show that seems to be leaning heavily into its culture aspect. So for them to be doing that on one side and then to be making this particular story about the villain something else, uh, I think would be a choice and not a good one. So Yes, and we we will discuss it more when we hopefully... tease have some guests on that can more illuminate us but unfortunately some scheduling issues for this episode we'll have to back burner that for this week for the most part yes yes and so this this scene ends with both aisha and najima separating and we get back to the president and she's talking and najima's talking to kamala about this and you know continuing to explain the story that this was the last time that she saw aisha so this goes to your point, Jake, earlier, as in it does feel like a little too neat, a need of a story and a wrap up like it was that simple. I feel like a betrayal of some sorts um, probably happened, yeah. if I had to guess. And yeah. um, Kamala. I will say in this scene, yeah. the thing that was really made it work, and I was thinking this as I was watching mm-hmm. is. It, not just because of her talent, but it is actually kind of insane that uh, Amon Vellani had no intention to pursuing acting. Once again, not just because of her talent, but because 
there's a thing that like people in Hollywood who or maybe not even like successful, but like kind of get the business will say is that so much of acting on screen is just having big facial features and just having very expressive facial features. And Amon Milani, her, if you, and if you, it's not like acting, it just, if you watch her in any interview, she is so expressive because if you're going to, if a thing needs to come across just from a shot where all you can see is your face, you have to do a lot in order for it to work. You can't be super subtle. Like you can't, I mean, you can be, but like I, and so I think that, a lot of the heavy lifting in this scene, like you didn't need a lot of lines of her being like, what? That's crazy. Like, obviously those are there, but so much of it is just done with her eyes and with like, you know, and, and like I said, it's not over the top because if you see her in anything, she is like that normally. And so I think that I just was really blown away of like, holy shit. Like she's not, ju- obviously she is Miss Marvel, but she needs, I really hope that she has a big career other than just Miss Marvel, because it's a, if you can find someone who can really get across exactly what they're feeling just with their face, that is like striking gold when it comes to acting. I think that's oh, spot yeah, on. for sure. Well, yeah. And I was going to say too, I think, I think to Jake's point, like, she embodies this role because I think for her, she is shocked. She is as shocked as uh, uh, as shocked as Miss Marvel would be if she was in this universe. I think I think like she is just blown away by it. And to Jake's point, because like one of the things that they talked about with uh, with uh, Tom Hardy's role in Bane when he played Bane right in The Dark Knight Rises is because his face was covered. He had to do a lot of acting through his eyes, right? Which is what Jake is uh, Jake is talking about. She crushes that entirely. Like I, I like the fear is there, the excitement is there, and that's also hard to do when like your powers are added on through CGI, right? So she's throwing punches that aren't you know her fist isn't really 10 feet tall or whatever right but she's got to act like right. it is and for for an actress that has just not been in anything that like that is impressive that is impressive you know and you know jake is a tish graduate i acted in some plays i did little shop of horrors like that's something that i remember acting coaches trying to drill in me and i just could not do it who do you who do you who do you play in i played seymour i played seymour okay of course you did great it must have been a great production it was fantastic but i didn't have that acting with the eyes and she considered you the dominican um rick moran that's it that's Um, it that's it ricardo moranis is what you should call me going forward Ricardo Maurice. <laughs> Shout out to the de lo mio. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, so Najima's talking about the that Kamala is a part of this uh, lore, what they call not only the jinn but the clandestine people. Now, the clandestines are a very small like not really known marvel group i don't know dalbin do you have any like little bits of background on like who they are because it's not it's not anything extensive they're not like something that we've seen a lot of in in uh marvel comics before this so it was an interesting spot to be placed in here what were your thoughts on that well and it's not it's not so much them i think it's like i think the 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 thing we need to focus on isn't so much them but just where they hail from the nord dimension right and that's that's what you that's i think that should be the takeaway for you know for our listeners and you know we're talking about a dimension we're talking about one a group of folks who were casted out right so that's that's one part of it right and so you see this at one point when when her friend just won you know being on the board and the Damage control shows up at the mosque and they talk about, you know, they're hunting, you know, Muslims and things like that. Like this group is has been outcasted from and you guys aren't seeing me use air quotes, but 
you know, normal Pakistani culture. They were outcasted, right? And so they're outcasted and they went to live in this dimension because that's the only place that they could be free. And they're trying to get home. And who does that, that resembles what the scrolls were trying to do in Captain Marvel, right? Like they were just trying yeah. to find a way home. And I, and in a lot of ways, it also resembles in Shang-Chi. He's trying to find his way to his wife so they could go home, right? Like that's kind of what you're seeing. Yeah. It's folks trying to find their way home. But with, but to your point, AC, to answer your question, it's not, it, it, I think by what Marvel accomplished by choosing them and the Nord dimension is because there's not this extensive comic history, you're able to fill mm-hmm. in the gaps with your own, with the, with your own MCU, right? You're able to tie yeah. it in to different things that maybe you, if you had been, in, if you had been indebted to the comics, you would have to, you would have to maybe lean on that a little bit, but there's also another quote and it comes from Bruno when he's talking about, you know, the gin and the Nord dimension, he mentions that he read about it in a paper from Eric Selvig. Right. And 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 yep. he is our, our yep. consummate researcher, right, in the entire MCU. But Thor also has connections to the Nord dimension, right? And we're and we're talking about we're what about two weeks away from you know Thor Love and Thunder. We're about to meet the God Butcher. And to Jake's point, do we really need to meet another god? If Gore's gonna kill them, I think we I think we have to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, I amend that statement. If a god is gonna be put in place so mm-hmm. Gore can kill them, then I'm all for it. <laughs> right 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 so yeah you mentioned that scene with bruno and bruno's letting kamala know that hey not only not only like where were you uh being the concerned friend but also like she's trending for it, it, it is funny like how i'm glad that they brought that back because the first like eight to ten minutes of the episode like take you somewhere completely different from where episode two ended which was Kamala's botch save of the young boy. So, like, we have the fallout from that as she's trending on every social media mm-hmm. app that you can think of. So, mm-hmm. that's something that looks like it will be a continuing plot line for her. And then we get to the scene that that Dalbeans uh, talks about uh, as far as the the uh, the Department of what are they again? The Department of Damage Control. There you go. Department of Damage Control. Agent Deaver is there and uh i just love i love the chic here the 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 chic is just just great like if you get a chance the listeners go watch uh go watch rami the guy who plays the 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 chic i think his name is uh lath knackley he plays uh, uncle nasim and rami please go watch that show i promise you you will enjoy it that's all i'll say on that subject but again, he continues just the way that he rebuffs Agent Deaver's advances with just very, very calmly, very cool. And then Nakia, Nakia, Nakia shows up and then she goes into the logistics of what these agents are doing, which is not something that legally they should be. So I think this was the first time and we talked about it last week as far as the Islamophobia and the racism that was hinted at in episode two this is kind of the first time that they all right well let's have a little bit more of a dialogue about it so i i thought that was good that they're leading it they're leading us at least in a direction where it is addressed in the way that it should if you're gonna go there with in this show go there all the way 
Uh, Dalbin, what did you think of this scene? Yeah, I, I I agree with you, man. And and I think it's interesting because in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we saw them talk about what it would mean for a black man to wear the Captain America suit, right? Um, and so you just mm-hmm. do that. And then here, you know, Kamala has a line where she says, uh, it's not brown girls from Jersey that saved the world, right? It, it is one of the lines that mm-hmm. she has. And there's just so much, like there's so much post-event, post-end game, right? Like you, you had the... You had this, this, the the GRC, right, was getting folks back into their homes now that folks have blipped back, right? But you saw it in Falcon Mm -hmm. and Winter Soldier. They were essentially making refugees out of folks who got kicked out of their homes and all this stuff, right? And then now here you see Mm -hmm. Damage Control taking taking ownership of the Stark drones that they confiscated in Spider-Man, right? And and weaponizing Mm -hmm. them to target this Muslim community. Right. And and yeah. it's wild because Anna Delvey's attorney, shout out to him. He tells, you know, the, the former warden of, of, of Orange is the New Black. He tells her, like, listen, like right. we have to be careful because the FBI is also going after them and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of uncomfortableness that I I don't know that you could get in a feature film unless like you were really intentional about it. But you give this a chance to breathe on these shows. You don't have to. You don't have to do it and then kind of just brush it by because you got to get to the next set action seat, action piece, right? Like you're diving into it. And I have loved, like Moon Knight did really, really well in terms of talking about like just what disassociative personality disorder is, right? And just did a really bang up job with that. I think this has nailed Pakistani culture. Like I've spoken to a bunch of my Middle Eastern friends, right? Like from Pakistan, even from India, who talk about like what happened in 42, right? With with Britain's invasion. And they say that for them, it's, it's so amazing to just see their culture represented. Even the dance scene, right? at the wedding like that i've i've been to indian weddings they get down like that and so i i think there's just there's so much that they've that marvel has paid homage to in terms of pakistani culture but this the islamophobia in jersey city post 9 11 right post 9 11 post end game i think i think has been really really impressive i i think they've handled it really well dick you have some i thought? do wish i do wish that there was more and i i, I could be coming but like if the if 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 the most conflict that is involved in this plot line is just some stern words about how you need a warrant, like that feels like it's being disingenuous about the actual issue. Like in real life, a lot of federal agencies didn't use get warrants to the shit that they did, and so I hope that it is. It's not just like look, they were defeated with words because we stood up to them because like. And I don't expect them to do too much because they don't want to really shine a light on the right. fact that the bad guy in the story is uh, the United States government. But I do hope that they do a little more. I hope that like the, we see the government being a little shadier and not being by the book. Not because I want that to happen, but because that's a more accurate. Like, if you want to have an honest portrayal of how you know minority communities and specifically Muslim communities in this country are treated by federal agencies, I don't think you can't. You're not being honest if you pretend like all they're doing is just getting warrants and being completely above board. But overall, I think that your points are correct. That that the fact that we're seeing it on screen is better than like like I said last last time. If the if the only mention of uh, Islamophobia by the federal agencies was a passing line in episode two, that wasn't going to be enough. I think also too but real our, quick. I think also real quick. Yeah. I think the fact that you know this episode ends with all of you know all of the all, essentially all of them arrested, right? All of them, they take them away, mm-hmm. take them into a, like an unmarked van, right? Like I'm, I'm with you, Jake. Like it, that can't be the end of it. Like I think now, once you've yeah. started to go down that road, like say they had just done that throwaway line in episode two, and then you never see them get rounded up here in this one, then, then I agree with you. I'm like, oh man, they're not really going there. But I think the fact that you've now shown them like 
rounded up and put in an unmarked van by damage control. I think now you have to finish that. You can't just dangle that and then not do anything. Otherwise, then I think you're right. It's definitely disingenuous. And the the, the aspect of this that actually interested me the interested me the most in terms of this part of the storyline was the notion, and this is something that. This is what the power, this is so cheesy, but the power of portraying other people's on screen can do because the fact that this community would resent Nightlight for bringing a spotlight to them is something that, to be frank, I just didn't consider. I would have been like, oh my God, I was thinking they'd be like, oh my God, it's so cool we have a superhero. And of course, I feel dumb thinking that because like, no, of course they don't want attention on themselves. Like the way that they've learned to survive is by not bringing attention to themselves. They just want to get along and, you know, live their lives. And I think that that showing that was something I found very valuable. And I think that Kamala also kind of had some sort of conflict about it where I think she might have thought that they would have been really excited to have her. But of course, and then when they're discussing it, she realizes, wait, no, of course you wouldn't. Of course, that this is going to cause problems for them because it's, you know, it's making too big of a deal of everything. And so I thought that that was a really interesting and specific story choice because that's just not the way that I think a lot of communities that feel that are not persecuted, I don't feel like would feel that way. And I feel like having it here where it's just like, you know what, she's it's nice that she saved that boy, but could, you know, why she have to bring all this trouble around? Yeah, I think that yeah, I think all of those things are are interesting. I think I, I do want to add this as far as the the mosque scene. Uh Suara in the in our Discord, he wrote a he wrote a review on this episode and he's been writing reviews on the episode and I and I read his today uh regarding episode 3 and I think one thing that he mentioned that I think is a fair point is about the the racist and the, the Islamophobia in this show and addressing it is seeing person to person conversations uh would actually do just as much and we're not just talking about something specifically government related cuz yes big bad government i we get that idea already but i think the the person to person persecution that tends to happen you could you could be able to do that on the show and also address those things well so i I think that was a good point by him on that and i'm intrigued to see where that goes but i i do want to hit that point that you mentioned jake about nakia and uh her going to uh, kamala's house and talking about that specific thing I mentioned mm-hmm. last episode that the what it looks like they're going to develop here is a little bit of tension between the two of them based mm-hmm. on Kamala's identity. And I like that they've continued to kind of pull on that thread a little bit more here because as close of friends as they are, and in the same instance with Kamala's family as well, for the most part, there's there's a closest there, but there's also... Kamala with her identity and her powers seems to have a little bit of an issue being upfront about what those powers are and what that means and how that makes her look to people. So I think that that story and the way that it's developing so far, they're doing a very subtle but very good job with that as uh, as uh, we continue here. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes because so far, so good. I will I will give them kudos for that because I'm enjoying that part so far. Uh, as we continue, we get some good moments because they're having a pre-wedding celebration over at the Khan household. And 
and we get some fun conversations with uh, Kamala and uh, Muniba at one point. And then also Muniba's talking about, uh, unfortunately, her her mom can't be there, you know, doesn't want to be there. Whatever the whatever the the rift is between the two of them is something that I hope that we get explored soon. But that was a that was also just another insight to how enjoyable this this family is, the cons and kind of what we've seen from them so far. And then obviously the sheik comes in and then he talks about everything that happened at the mosque with the agents, Mm -hmm. which leads to Kamala and him having a nice conversation outside regarding that. And I think the quote is good is not what you good is not what you are, but it's what you do that he eventually says, because she conveys her own like fears of how she's being perceived um, with everything that Mm -hmm. happened with the save and, and stuff like that. But also Bruno gives her gift uh, a gift of mm-hmm. her of her mask that she does wear in the in the comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a nice little touch right there. So after- I do also like I like thinking about the party where you see just like the subtle. Um, I think it's it's interesting to have. I think so often with any show that is kind of showing off a culture that is not normally portrayed in Western media, they'll have like one white guy that they can explain everything to. And I like that for the most part, they don't have this where it's like, it's not explained like, Oh, it's a tradition where you steal the groom's shoes or whatever. But like, I got that. And I think that's funny. And you don't, I like that. They don't need to explain it. This is just, you would never need, you would never show a white family and mm-hmm. have to explain their, you know, traditions. I mean, cause we don't have any other than not seasoning or food, but, uh, like, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh man! But we don't. We don't. I. I mean, I. Yeah. I. Yeah. I can confirm that's like I didn't call my mom by her first name, but I did not season my food growing up. Some stereotypes are true, some are not. But anyway, that I like that we just kind of see it in its natural glory. Um, and yeah, it was just you get that they love each other too, which I think the thing's so fun and interesting because I think so often too you see stories about families that are you know not really portrayed, and it's just it feels you don't feel the love that. You know, everyone's family does. And, so yeah. I got to ask. Jake Christie. I, I got to yeah, ask, Jake. Go so ahead. Bon Jovi living on a purse, not a white person tradition? Because listen, man, I've been jamming with white folks. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, sorry. We do have, we have traditions like living on a prayer, sweet Caroline. Um, you know, they, we do have some traditions. You're right. But not as many as other people. <laughs> and yeah, but Bon Jovi definitely. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that is. If I if I was if I was drinking like the 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 other night, I probably would have said something else. But we, we, we're, we're gonna shout out Jake. We should, we, we're gonna shout out Jake for living his truth. Uh, I mean, yeah, there are a bunch of other bad white traditions. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. I, mean, I, I, I I'm thinking the same shit you're thinking. Don't be. I'm glad somebody said it. Yeah. <laughs> this is just this just happens to be a different evening. Well, uh, there was a yeah, for, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. We all know whatever guys, audience, whatever you're thinking, that is what we're thinking. It's the same thing. Yeah, we're all on the same page. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so then you know, Bruno doesn't make it to this to this uh, celebration, but he's uh, taking a shift at the store, and Yusuf shows up, and the king, again, the, the yes. king, the god. Well, let's start here. The hashtag is washed agenda because he goes to buy the fruit pie and then mm. he tells Bruno, like, hey, I don't want my wife to know that mm-hmm. I'm eating this fruit pie. 
And that is a mm-hmm. classic wash dad thing. It's a it classic is. thing. Trust me. I'm right there with him. So, and once again, AC, as I said last time you compared yourself to him, the problem is not that he's not a washed dad. It's that he is a full 20 plus years older than you, and you should not be relating to him as much as you are. <laughs> That's the problem. But uh, listen, I, I know what I am. I'm living yeah, my true. truth. I'm living yes. my truth. This well, is me. AC, what's your, what's your snack that you like to sneak off and get? Yo, a payday. Like, uh, yo, a good payday. Mine is a, mine is a Kit Kat. Like, I, like, if I have to go get gas, I'll, I'll stop and get a Kit Kat while I'm in the car by myself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not- I like a Snickers usually, but a, a, a payday—that's a good one. one. Yeah, I mean, it's man. simple too. Two ingredients and the three ingredients if you include salt. That's three ingredients, more, which is more than what white people put in their food. It's, it's not the white person's chocolate. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's not. No, it's not. There definitely was. A, there was definitely a meeting when the payday bar was like, "All right, just caramel and peanuts," and they're about to press the button, and then the one black person in the company was like, "You got their salt on that." <laughs> so, so after, so after Yusuf asked Bruno, uh, you know, uh, about the fruit pie situation. And then he sees that Bruno got some papers on the papers on the table there. And he and he, you know, he he subtly says, oh, hey, let me help you out with this. uh, This research paper that Bruno says that that's what it is. But no, he's doing some uh, recon for Kamala regarding the gin and what that all means. So he kind of he kind of explains the whole uh, supernatural beings thing and and what that potentially could mean. But in classic wash dad fashion, he he doesn't think anything of it and just walks nope. out of the store because he's just so satisfied with himself for helping. He's just like, I did a good deed today. He's like, I, he's like, I helped that boy. Little does he know that's that's Kamala's man in the chair. I will say, AC, and I'm, this is a, this is a rabbit hole thing, but in this part, here's what stood out to me. Right, so the gin in the comics, for yes. folks who don't know, started with a person, a, a wizard named Adam. Now. Another word for wizard is warlock. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. And so when when he's mm-hmm. telling the story, I'm like, you know the Leo, the Leo gif where he's pointing. <laughs> like people say, like, oh, I see yeah. it. I know what you're saying. That's <laughs> like, and in that moment, I think to to your point, AC, the the fact that here is this dad who loves his daughter and in turn loves her friends the same, right? Like he, he loves her friends the same. Yeah. To and to Jake's point, this is where that like the love that this family has is so conveyed is conveyed so well. Mm -hmm. And it's conveyed in a moment where a dad's just trying to take five minutes to himself to get a cherry pie. That's all he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I thought they did it really well. But in that moment, I was like, that, 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 that might, it might be an Adam Warlock thing. It might, it, it might be that Adam might've been the guy that started all that. Like who knows what time this is taking place. So it's just, it's a lot of things that popped in my head. I was like, hmm, there might be something there. I, I think that they're going to be more, just based on the reaction I've seen from Muslim viewers, I think that they're going to be careful to not play too much with the jinn idea more than they already have, because that is a real thing as opposed yeah. to being something. So I, that's why one of the reasons I think that I'm hoping that a lot of this is a fake out because like, I don't necessarily want them to hijack a actual cultural thing. Like I think it's one thing if you do it in Norse mythology because like that that's not an active thing in people's lives. But I do I don't want them like I I do just to put it bluntly I don't want them to make it that a uh, you know South Asian tradition was created by uh, Will Poulter. That would be pretty bad. So <laughs> I think I think that I don't think they're gonna go there. But I like the way that that's where your mind's working. That you're always and I'm like, always trying to blame the white people. I'm always trying to blame the white people. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what occurs next is what I would say 
and we got a lot of good scenes in this episode, a lot of fun scenes, but I would say just in terms of the family stuff and leaning into the characterization and the characters just generally, we have a, a conversation with uh, Kamala and Muniba, which is just really, really, I, man, you can't say enough about it because it's the way that Kamala tries to express the struggles that she's having without yeah. revealing her secret and Muniba letting her know that, hey, I'm here for you. We're here for you. But you have to, you know, you have to talk to us. And that's the only way that these things can get resolved. And I think it speaks to what happens in so many families. And it's just a, it's just a wonderful depiction of what the back and forth between a parent and child is and mm-hmm. sometimes can be with the with the back and forth like that i just love the love that i feel mm-hmm. between both muniba and kamala here uh dalbin as as a as a fellow parent um you had to have some feels in this yeah because right? because you you're you want to give them the the freedom to kind of figure out who they are right and 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 i think that that's true of any parent right you and i remember even my, my mom right like there were things that she tried to protect me from versus things that she was like i need to learn on my own um and you try your best to just create a space and you know ac you and i are raising younger kids right so like they're not in their teens yet yeah but so we're, we're trying right. to create the space that when they become teens they can come to us and say hey listen like i messed up dad or you know like this is this is what's overwhelming me right and i love what her mom said in terms of whatever your mountain is because i think a lot of the times parents are written in a way that's like and in talking to a lot of my muslim friends and my and even pakistani friends what they've said is that that's such a modern spin on the pakistani muslim indian parent child relationship because like what you see is that like a lot of the older generation they try to force you into doing things their way and ac i know you and i can relate to that even in our culture jake i know i think, I think anybody me, right I, I, yeah, I was I just about that, to say any. Im- I would say any yes. immigrant or anybody who's come from from immigrants yes. has had way different types of relationships where the conversations that you get here are not what occur. But I do feel like when you talk about the love and the genuine mm-hmm. aspect of what we see here, I think is because at some point you you do have to get to a place to where not everybody is exactly like the way that we talk about just generally so i think it plays to perception and i think Mm -hmm. it plays to the reality is that you can see somebody be tender and caring but also Mm. at the same time be firm what do they say firm but fair is like is what you look for in 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 your parents Mm -hmm. overall so i think that that scene particularly is just 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 tremendous between the two of them and then uh, then what follows is probably which is hard to say an even better scene between Kamala's brother and and oh Yusuf I just uh no I sh- I even shouted him out today because I I I, I thought that No and he retweeted like, you and then I retweeted him hoping that he would hear that we stand him and he wanted to come on but it didn't work <laughs> oh, t- to be continued um what you call it yeah so he's having the he's having the conversation with amir and amir is expressing 
his fears before getting married. And it's not that he doesn't want to get married, but it's just the role of a man and not having enough money in your bank account and dealing with everything that comes with that and supporting a family. All very real, real things, especially for for somebody um, of his culture. So like that, that's a real thing too. And what Yusuf says is like, man, the, the quote is, the quote that stood out to me is the man who chooses family is never alone. And when, when you talk about like love and what that means, and there is so much, there is so much truth in that statement. Mm-hmm. And then not, and then on top of that, like I, like I had said earlier, it was the line delivery was subtle, but it felt powerful. Like you felt that you felt that that firm but fair and loving um, mm. aspect of who Yusuf is. So I will say, like when I saw both those scenes and they did them like basically back to back, I was just like, "This is where this show cooks." Is the this family? Is, this is what made you pull out the FG phrase, the fish grease. Yes, the fish grease. They working with the fish grease right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Dalbin, like again, as seeing it from the dad's perspective here. Yeah, this. I mean, obviously, this scene was great. But yeah, and I, and I will tell you, man. So when I got married, my my grandfather uh, was because I grew up without my dad, right? So my grandpa was the the man in my life. And the morning of my wedding, he you know, I was finishing my vows or whatever. I, I was finishing my vows and he, he came in in his suit. Right. And he stood in front of me, he's fixing my tie or whatever. And he says to me, he was like, he was like, I would ask you if you're nervous, but he's like, when you're doing things that like, you know, are right, you tend to, you shouldn't get nervous. And that's always been like his advice. That's always been his advice. And, you know, he's fixing my tie and he's saying this and he tells me, he's like, he, he said, it's very similar. And they, they put me in that moment, I think for me, right? Because I think it's normal for anybody to feel anything right before they're about to take a, a step. And what, and what he right. was saying was that, to your point, AC, like, here we are, we're about to walk into this place where there's nothing but family and friends and love. That's all that's going to be there. And as long as you remember that, it doesn't matter anything else. Nothing else matters. Just you're walking into a place yeah. with love. And I, I thought it was a beautiful moment, man. I, I thought that you mentioned the delivery and and Jake, you, we've made running jokes about Marvel's, uh, about Chris Evans's unwillingness to go to a voiceover studio to do, to do whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I've really loved about just the this era of superhero movies that we're in is watch, is watch talented actors that maybe other people didn't know right or even that we didn't know just step into these spaces yeah. where they can just act where that is it right like the scene with mm-hmm. Haley stanfield and clint barton and hawkeye where it's just them acting and the, that's just it's just acting and 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 as a it's just a, an yeah. appreciation for the talent because it feels real and it doesn't feel tacky Right. It doesn't feel tacky. And you can tell Amir's struggling with this seven hundred eighty two dollars in his bank account. Right. And his dad's like, oh, that's more than what I thought you would have had. You know, <laughs> And that's something that a father would say. Right. And so I thought it was just a beautiful scene, man. And what I, the thing that in that scene actually stuck out to me, um, obviously, the family thing is obvious and very special. But I really love the thing we talked about, how pe- men either live out of fear or love, which reminded yeah. me a lot of the last song in the film, Tick, Tick, Boom, which I know, AC, you saw, right? I did. 
Yes. Yeah, the, it's a, the chorus of it goes, angels or cages or wings, which do you prefer? Ask the birds. Uh, Fear our love, baby. Don't say the answer. Actions speak louder than words. Is really that, which, I mean, who would have thought that a, you know, scene of a Pakistani Muslim man talking to his son before a uh, wedding would relate to a super white musical theater dude song. <laughs> um, but uh, it really, I think that that, I love that dichotomy. And I think that that illuminates yes. what makes Yusuf and Muniba different than a lot of the stereotypical portrayals on screen of immigrant parents, because although they are obviously very afraid of, you know, like any parent is, and but their guiding principle is love, that they live out of love for their children as opposed to fear. And once again, those things live side by side. But yeah. when you make the affirmative choice to live through love, that that will always be the way, way to be more genuine and real. And like, I really love that that was the advice he gave. It wasn't, anything concrete it was just like things are going to be hard they're always gonna be hard like there is no point in life where you're ever gonna stop being afraid about things so you have to decide are you going to make decisions based on love or fear and uh and thing is what he might as well have said is don't say the answers because actions speak louder than words (laughs) yes yes they most certainly do and yeah just uh yeah, shout out to everybody involved for for those two particular scenes because they 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 did make me smile a lot because I just I just love the spirit that was portrayed in, in in there. So yeah, they we have the we have the wedding ceremony and that that goes off everything everything is cool. So like it was cool for me to see because it's something that I it, I don't know and I'm sure like a lot of people who aren't yeah. introduced to that that type of thing the the asking three times to mm-hmm. to say I do is it was something that that was cool to see and and then everything felt genuine there like that's another thing about this show like i think they're doing a really good job of like portraying genuine joy throughout Mm -hmm. a lot of the a lot of the scenes is just very Mm -hmm. difficult to, to i mean i mean we see we see other shows like it's just not I just, I just, I can appreciate everything that they're doing so far, but you know, we still have the villain aspect to get to, yeah. which, you know, we go back to uh killer cams place and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so Najima is, you know, she's kind of dead set on, on uh, Kamala doing this thing like right now, like you ain't got no time for no wedding. We don't have time for this. We're going to do mm-hmm. this right now. But, mm-hmm. um, but Cameron is is trying to hold off. He's trying to hold off. Mm-hmm. So I think, ironically, it's Cameron who doesn't want to get paid in full. That's that is ironic. <laughs> oh, Dalbina, you missed the last week. I I think I did. You know, I I I did a great diplomats joke. I did a great joke about a pink uh, do rag. So I I, I just it's, had to, it's know, been a good run for you because I actually I I I think I think it yeah it's you been a, yeah it's been a good run for oh. you. <laughs> okay good 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 because i i'm almost done with things i know about cameron so uh... <laughs> <laughs> well uh well i think you know as i as i was looking while you were saying one thing that one thing that occurs that i didn't get to specifically here that kind of informs this scene is that kamala does talk to bruno one bruno reveals that he's going to um caltech and mm-hmm. that gets a pause from Kamala. We get a little a little romantic tension there. But also, mm-hmm. like, the more important thing is she's been pushing Bruno to be like, yes, let's help them and let's do this now. Mm-hmm. Bruno's like, this could be a problem. 
this could be yeah. a serious problem and this is not something that you should do. So this is something that Kamala expresses to Cam and Cam is like, all right, well, we can wait on this. It's not a big deal. We can wait. But Najima has other plans. So she goes through, through his phone and she says, nope, we are going to do this right now. So we go to the we go to the wedding. I we think get- that that, by the way, one yes. of the weaker things about the villain is, and I'm sure they will explain it, but I think they should have done it earlier. Yes. Obviously, they're lying about something, but they don't explain what the urgency is now. If they've been here since, you know, the 40s, I don't know. And I'm assuming that there is something else going on, but yeah. I don't I don't like ending an episode where the audience is not sure whether it was bad writing or hiding something. Like, I think if you're going to have her be as dramatically like, no, we're not going to wait, you need to explain then why they're not waiting, or at least give an idea. It just, it feels completely arbitrary. Like, why were they willing to, like, they surely it can't be that big of a deal where they can't wait for the wedding to end. Obviously, and if there's something else going on, fine, yeah. but. Yeah, I think, I think all of that, I think all of that is fair. I think what end, ended up happening here is because they've made the they've made this uh and I keep forgetting the department of what are they doing damage again? control damage control <laughs> there you go there you go the department of damage which is control. a which is a well named government organization because it doesn't really say exactly what they do and the government loves doing shit like that like that is love <laughs> like. It's like they there's they actually would name it the Department of Damage or they wouldn't be like the boys where it's like the Department of Superhero Affairs. Like, no, that's too that's too actually descriptive. It would be something stupid. Right. Right. And I, I think my larger point on it is when you kind of want to introduce them on one spectrum and then put these villains on another spectrum, I always find that whether it's superhero shows or superhero movies, you got to be careful when you do multiple villains. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to do it. I I would say, like, with the exception of Spider-Man No Way Home, to pull something off like that, it's very, it's very difficult. But we'll see how mm-hmm. it continues to play out and develops. But I would say so far, a lot of the exposition here was a little clunky. It was a little clunky in terms of what was. I happening think too. I think I, I think I think we can't talk about damage mm-hmm. control without realizing that this is something else that Tony Stark's fault. This is another one of Tony Stark's creations <laughs> that, that now that now that now suddenly are you know hunting black and brown folks in Jersey City. Okay, so so let's talk about exactly. we, we need to talk about that at some point. Yeah, look at the look at the <laughs> racial makeup of the Avengers, and you're just like, oh, but you're spending your time here. Okay, okay. <laughs> You mean what? to tell me there aren't some white superheroes doing some nonsense? What? Where were you in Wanda? What about John? Freaking! What about John Walker driving the shield into, into that person in Europe, and, and they were nowhere to be found? What's going on? Exactly. John Walker's out here storming the Capitol, but they're in Jersey City. Okay. okay, all, okay. all he had was a discharge. He, he got a what a dishonorable, dishonorable discharge. discharge or some shit like dishonorable. That. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So we have the we have the wedding ceremony and everything's going well. That we have the the very wonderful dance scene uh, that it looked like everybody was having a good ass time, and that's really like the main thing that you want to see in something like this. So uh, also shouts to uh, the non speaking role of uh, was it Taisha's parents? They seem very supportive, and I, th- I really like that. It was kind of unspoken that like I think that they might not be Muslim or they might not be practiced because they were not. In- and I love that that was kind of like they didn't have to address that. It was just like yeah. it was just a. Bu- I think that the the, the of you. things they've decided the things they've decided not to address. 
I think are as powerful as the things they do because it's not like a they don't it's they they aren't treating it like it's a different culture. I mean, this is actually I think one of the problems with the villains too is that they're kind of doing this to the villains. But for the a lot of the stuff, they're not treating it like it's another person's culture. I would say one of the issues with the villains is that they are kind of treating their aspects like it's a foreign culture. But that once again is something I want to discuss more as the episodes go on that we have. I think too. I think too. Real quick, because yes, yes. Jake, you just said so. so. One, I'm a big new girl fan, and when Schmidt marries Cece, I very I very much like Bruno channeling his inner Schmidt and dancing with with, with the Pakistani folks. I thought that was really, really cool done in this episode. But Jake, you just said something that honestly just made me think of this. The 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 villains in this, uh, to your point about like how they're kind of othering them a little bit, right? Uh that's that's essentially what happened in in the Pakistani culture. Like they were they were othered, and 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 now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if they were othered because they were the ones that developed superpowers. Because in the comics, that's how it happened. Like they were um, outcasted because they were the ones that had superpowers. And you see that mm-hmm. like Kamala now has superpowers that are just activated by the bangle, but her mom doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. But their great grandmother had superpowers, right? So I just I, I agree with you that they're they're doing it to the villains, but I wonder if it mirrors in a lot of ways just that like immigrant struggle where you have some folks who just assimilate and they and they want to go about their business. And then you have some folks who stand out for lack of a better word and they're ostracized because of that. I think the difference is I feel like the show is doing the way they're portraying them is other than them. It's not other characters doing it. I think that it is kind of just like a way that like it, it felt unnatural based on the way the rest of the show has been going. Um, but like I said, I'm winning. I'll wait to see. And I want to hear other people's perspectives on it. And I, I have read a bunch of different, but I don't want to just regurgitate things I read on the internet. Right. Um, but I think that that is a thing that is, it's notable because they're not doing it other places. It's like, okay, the, like it's the only place where it's like, they're kind of treating the culture as if it's different. Um, but anyway, I, I think that the ways that they don't do that, and like you're mentioning with Bruno, where I think that that's also a really beautiful thing. It's they don't need, they don't comment like, isn't it so nice that we let this white boy dance? It's like, no, this is the neighborhood. This is family. Like he's 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 not may not be Muslim or South yeah, Asian. Like he's a member of the family. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And so the performance ends, and there's a little bit of a slow dance, and and Kamala. What's the band's name, by the way? Oh shit! What is it? Brown Jovi. Brown Jovi. It's a Brown Jovi. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Bon Jovi cover band. Brown <laughs> Jovi. Oh my gosh! And so yeah, Kamala and uh, Bruno start to dance a little bit, but uh, you know before things could get cooking there, the uh, Killer Cam shows up again. He's there, mm. and he says, "I was trying to call you. I was trying to text you. I was trying to let you know." Mm-hmm. That, Jim uh, Jones and Jules on their way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was trying to hit exactly. her with the hey mine, couldn't exactly. get through. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so uh, man, so we we kind of go from zero to a hundred like very, very quickly. Like it it escalates very fast. Uh, Kamala pulls the fire alarm and it's within view of people, so people people see it so this becomes something a little bit later but yeah the the clandestine folks show up and they are here to fight so there's no no time like the present for kamala to get involved in a little bit of a scrap with with these mm-hmm. folks so we start to see we start to see a little bit more of the powers being used here and what i what i what i love is i do love the living on a prayer being used in mm-hmm. used in this scene it's very actually. I thought this action here was pretty fun. 
Um, it was. I they did and I think job. that putting pop music under action is a thing that is uh, cheesy, and it works 100% of the time for me. Um, and I wish Marvel did it more often. Uh, but yeah, it, and also, I think it also just like, it, it, it also framed the stakes of it. We're like, this is episode three. It's like, this fight is more about like the oddness of it. This is not like a fight to the death. And I think that having that music makes it a f- more fun and madcap than it might be without it. Right. Right. And so they continue to fight. And then of course, Bruno's not going to leave Kamala alone. So he, he gets involved. He, you know, he tries to fight a little bit until um, he gets knocked on his ass. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately for him, it seems like he got a little injury. So mm-hmm. both he and Kamala try to escape. And then I think they go to, yeah, they go into the kitchen where, well, Kamala goes by herself and she's Mm -hmm. cornered by all these, all these clandestine folk. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a drawn out scene, but I Mm -hmm. do like the, the, I do like the, the tension that they played up that she's by herself and it's a little bit of a tough spot for her, but, um, you know, eventually she's able to fight through it to, to get out. And then I think they're led down a, led down a hallway which mm-hmm. which uh, both Kamala and Bruno are there. And there's this moment where both uh, Najima and Kamala, eventually they both touch the bangle at the same time before she's about to take it. And they both see a vision of a train, which mm-hmm. was interesting. So this is something probably back in 1942. Yep, and it says and, Karachi on the front of it. So Right, it says Karachi mm-hmm. on it. So that's a, that's notable as well. Um they're still cornered. And then this was the part where where when what well, once you call it every where the damage control department shows up. Yeah. I found this weird because yeah, even though Kamala got her licks in and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it seemed like the way that these clandestine folk were fighting is that they could probably easily dispatch these folks who came to mm-hmm. arrest them. So I thought I found that to be a little bit odd, but they end up they end up getting arrested. And I wonder that- if there's some sort of thing about them, like not wanting to draw attention to themselves. I'm not really sure. I I I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but yeah, I want to see where it plays. That- yeah, yeah. I think that there's got to be something where I don't think it was as simple as like, oh no, we've been foiled. Like they probably know maybe that they can escape or like that they know that it wouldn't be worth it. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Also, there it is important to know earlier in that scene that uh, you yes. know, Comron uh, was basically like, stop it, guys. He was trying to fight on behalf of uh, uh, Kamala, and he got uh, thrown to the ground. And I thought he might have been dead, but I then, of course, forgot that Cam once drove himself to the hospital after getting shot, so clearly he's impervious. So he <laughs> himself fine. Uh, then, there, you, there, there you go. Uh, we getting we getting all the info on. on, on I the guess that. I mean, I you know I don't know how long the character's going to be alive, and uh, you know, it just it's it's good humor. It's great humor. Yes, yes, and. Yeah, shout out yeah, shout out to Jake. Um yeah, so obviously with everything that happens here, Kamala's kind of exposed a little bit. We obviously her family doesn't know her what her abilities are, but it's clear that once both her and Bruno are able to exit when the Department of Damage Control arrests the clandestines, that Nakia finds them. And this is where that tension ratchets up that we've seen from the previous uh, previous episode, as it's clear that she finds out that Kamala is the is the quote unquote nightlight uh, that that is out there. So this leads to 
you know, a lot of a lot of um confusion, a lot of anger. Bruno's mm-hmm. hurt, but Bruno lets lets Nakia know, like, hey, let's not deal with this at this moment. And obviously Kamala's, you know, in a situation where she feels like um she betrayed her her friend and her friend feels betrayed at the same time. So we'll see how that gets addressed. But um again, I continue to like how they've let this kind of develop. So this ends up with Kamala once she goes back home. Everybody kind of knows that she was the one who pulled the alarm. So both of her parents want to know why. And she can't or won't say what the reason is. And her parents are obviously very disappointed about that. So that's something that I I hope that gets addressed in the next episode. Because now we've had a couple of times of this. So there should be some, some uh, resolution to that to a degree. Yeah. And as the episode ends, she gets a call from her Kamala gets a call from her grandmother saying that I saw the same thing that you saw with the train. Mm-hmm. You need to come to Karachi now. And that is our end of episode. And we are halfway through. We're halfway through this show. Um I think this episode had a lot of very very good stuff in it. I think there is some stuff that you can question and you can kind of you can kind of get into and and figure out where this show is going to go ultimately with a couple of the storylines that we talked about previously. But um Dalbin, how do you feel about where we are? We're halfway, halfway there and we're living on a prayer. I think we we need to make that very clear. Um <laughs> you know Jake mentioned the yes. the the mention mm-hmm. of Karachi, the city of lights. Right. And we just ended Doctor Strange where they're going into the dark dimension. So maybe there's some stuff going on there. Um, but I think I I've, I very much have enjoyed I've enjoyed this this show. And I think that every performance, even the even and to Jake's point, because as he was talking, I thought about it more. And I I, I trust that they're going to explain what the rush is to, to do this. Like, you know, is it that a full moon is coming or, mm-hmm. you know, like you can only do it one time every 600 years or so, I don't know, you know, something like that or whatever. Right. So I think that that's going to come. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. dumb stuff but, already. That's fine. Right. 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 <laughs> but, hours. Um, I've loved the performances. I think that I want to see more of these characters. I'm very, very excited to see this young, talented actress across from you know brie larson right and 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 just you know in a in a world that's developing because we're seeing these pockets of stories right like we have this earth story with falcon and winter soldier and the power broker and you know u.s agent and you know the thunderbolts and like that's kind of developing but then you have this really like just interesting like still grounded on earth but a very cosmic story right because you know captain marvel's gone and, and all this stuff and i think this show has made me even more excited for the Marvels. And I, I not that I didn't think that was going to happen, but, but like, cause I like Brie Larson. I think Brie Larson is a talented actress. I'm very excited to see, you know, whatever we end up calling, you know, whatever we end up calling the other Miss Marvel, um, you know, and then now we have this third Miss Marvel. And so I'm, I'm excited to see them all together. Um, I'm very, I very much, feel like they're going to stick the landing in a way that I don't think they did with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought the ending was a little a little shaky. Um, I thought that they 
stuck the landing a little bit better in one division, but I definitely wanted more from the fight between her and, and Agatha. But I thought they absolutely mm-hmm. stuck the landing with Loki and Hawkeye. So now you have a, a chance here for this third show to really stick the landing. Um, but I'm with Jake. They have to give you something about the villains as to like why it's happening this way. And I think they will. Um, but I've loved, I mean, the the tradition of stealing the groom's shoes. Like I, I mentioned, I went to a wedding, a fr- an Indian friend of mine who got married and they did that to her, to her husband. They stole his shoes and the person who stole his shoes got $500. And so to see that translated on screen, um, I've loved, I, I'm a big never have I ever fan. I thought that they crushed it there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Macaroos. Well, that, that, yeah, that, I'm thinking out like I gotta, I gotta. South Asian. If you want to invite me to a wedding, yeah, five hundred bucks. Right. Yeah, so please. I'm pretty. I, I can be very sneaky, and uh, that's it. I, that's it. Know, but no, I think they. I think they've done an amazing <laughs> job, AC, and, and I think you know Jake's points. Jake's points about mm-hmm. just like just how talented everybody is here. I think that's that's something that I, I'm I'm continuously blown away from because this show you worry about when you do shows like this, right? Like if they're exploitive cash grabs or whatever the case may be, like you worry about that when you're starting to center a culture that hasn't really, to Jake's point, hasn't really been seen in Western media, but I think they've crushed it, man. Through three episodes, I think they've done a really, really good job. There are things that I can nitpick, but I think it's been a really, really good show. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I'll have my thoughts in a second, but Jake, go ahead. What you what you got halfway through? I mean, I think that this of all the Marvel television shows, other than WandaVision, for obvious reasons, I think that this is the one that is best that it is on television as opposed to in a movie. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely could have done Falcon and the Soldier as a movie. Uh, definitely could have done Loki as a movie. Maybe not as the same way, but. It could be done. This, and the reason I say that is because TV, while there are, now it's not so much the case, but TV traditionally up until like, I don't know, 2010 was all about vibes and do you want to be with these people and in this place? Yeah. And so while I have nitpicks about the plot or whatever, that's not why I'm watching this Marvel. I'm watching it because I want to spend time with these characters. I care significantly more about whether or not uh, Kamala and Bruno are going to kiss than I do of whether or not the clandestines get back to the dimension. And that, I think, is not completely in the point. That's the point of the show. I don't think, I think that for better or for worse, they're not as interested in the intricacies of the plot. And to be frank, I'm glad they're not because I think that uh, plot in television is often overrated. And I think that a lot of the problems with the previous Marvel shows is when they needed to get certain plot things done in that undercut character. But anyway, um, so I, I just liked spending time with the show. And when I turned it on today, I was excited that I was going to have the next half hour plus with these characters. And that's the best compliment I can give for a television show. It's what made me fall in love with television. It's what made me, you know, to have that conversation with my parents saying, I want to go to art school to learn how to write television. Like I didn't do it because it wasn't because I'm like, Oh my God, this show's plot is so intricately plotted. It's like, no, I want to mm-hmm. make something where people want to spend time with these characters in this place. And the fact that Marvel has done that in the show is really impressive because I think it was, like I said, a big problem with mm-hmm. the other show. I think Loki got closest to it. Like Loki had moments of that, but this really just kind of has the vibe of like a sitcom family where it's like, I want to spend time with the cons. Like if there was a show on Friday nights called like, uh, you know, pros and cons, uh, <laughs> kicking it with the, kicking it with the cons. Good shot. <laughs> Good shot. I, yeah, I would echo both of your, your sentiments. I feel very strongly about this show in ways that I haven't felt about the last couple. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like Moon Knight. I I really actually do like Moon Knight. Yeah, and yeah. I had it. I had it third. But I do have to say, this kind of like 
gets it up to third real quick. Like, and so far through three, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, there's just an energy and a spirit about this show that I think emotionally um, hits all the beats that are necessary. And yeah, again, to Jake's point, it's like you want to be around these people. You want to know more about them. And and everything that goes along with that, that it does make the plot, like especially somebody like me and I would say Dalby and you too, who are interested in the Easter egg things and are interested in the overall grand big picture MCU type of thing. I, you know, it's, it'd be cool if we get some stuff. I'm still on that Agent Cleary is a scroll thing. That that's something that I'm on, but I would say otherwise, besides that, like this, this show is vibes and we're getting good performances. And that's like really what it comes down to. And this family feels like a family. It really does. Like there's a lot of instances in some of these other th- shows that it doesn't feel exactly the same. And it, and it feels like, oh yeah, that's something that I would see in a movie or a TV show. No, this feels genuine. And I think the genuine aspect of what this show is makes it good and makes you want to see more week to week of what tends to happen. Like I would even say the Bruno Kamala storyline, in most cases, I would be like irritated about it. But no, Bruno, Matt Lintz, shout out to him. He's doing some great work right now. He's I will say a thing that work. I noticed in the scene in his room, which made me mad, is that he mm-hmm. was wearing a shirt that was a little bit tight and he clearly is like in a really good shape. And it's like, what, does everyone in these movies have to be jacked? Like, come on. Like, there's no way <laughs> that Bruno, Bruno is not jacked. And like, <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. Like, I was, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't not I I wasn't not a Bruno in high school. Replace science with like writing and stuff, and that's basically I kind of was like that. Also, no, I was more popular, but I still I definitely I was not in good shape, and I don't like that I'm not being reflected on screen there. But no, I think that you're right though that it is that I would always care about the Bruno uh, Kamala thing because I care very much about people who are charming and whether or not they kiss. It's the thing I make that thing that makes you a sweet guy. You're a sweet guy. I'm a sweet guy. I love will they won't they's. And I think the thing that is most telling, though, is I know that most people get irritated by those things. And the fact that, like, I have not heard a single word from anyone getting irritated nope. by it is like, that's how you know it's because it's real and it's earned. And they have, I don't know what's it called. Oh, it's a word because it's CH. Oh, chemistry. They have chemistry with each other, which you want to <laughs> see them together. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so we're halfway through. We got the next half of the season to kind of digest and see where we stand. Looking forward to seeing what Miss Marvel has in store for us. Dalbino Sorio, it's been a pleasure to have you back. Thanks for filling in for the Rome dog. Uh, Dalvin, where can we follow you? Where can we see you? Uh, first off, thank you guys for having me back on. You know, I'm always down to pinch it. Uh, I am no, you know, the homie Jerome Chang, but, you know, I, I do my best. Also, real quick, AC, you mentioned that you think that there's somebody in damage control that's a scroll. I also agree, and I think that that might be why our Cree hybrid folks are trying to get back to their home world. That's just my opinion. But you folks can follow me on Twitter at DA underscore Osario. Uh, read my stuff on Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, AC alluded to this earlier that, you know, I write for Turn on the Jets, Badlands, um, and the Jets might be good this year. So there'll, there'll be a lot more. <laughs> they might be. Fingers crossed. I'm always glad to hop on the I, I want Zach Wilson to prove me, me wrong, too. man. I me want too. To prove and, me and, wrong. you know, I, really I, I don't like root because, like you said, Jake, I'm a, I'm also a big fan of the will they, won't they's. I don't like rooting for douchebags, and Zach Wilson looks like a douchebag. But, 
Probably yeah, you know, sure. go oh, Jets. But thank you guys for having me back on, man. I, I'm super pumped. And kudos to you guys for all the success. You guys have been killing it for 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 a while now. Mm-hmm. Thank of you. Of course, appreciate you, brother. And Jake Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. And it also did just occur to me what the actual white culture is. Is I mean, obviously, I have to. I think a lot about. You know, the man who was behind it all, Dr. Yakub, when he grafted us from pigs. I mean, it really, it really, I'm going to cut this out, but it really is just like, that's where our culture is. Like, we were, we were on an island. Keep it like, in, keep it in. And that's where, and that's where that's our culture. Uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for uh, indulging my dumb jokes. Um, uh, no, nah, no, it's all good, that, man. Like, like 30 minutes ago, and I'm like, that, should I say it? And it's like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> That's what that's what makes you you man. But um, Thank you. At, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. You can follow the show at MC University Pod. Uh, you will see, you will see or hear myself, Jake Christie, and Jerome Chang on a on a product. Shout out to our guy Hunter. We did a we did an episode of his show. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. that comes out, you guys will see it. Let's just say a wild time was had by all regarding the movie mm. Iron Man 3. I will yes. say I love AC normally, and AC halfway through a strawberita is even better. <laughs> I, I I would say this is probably the most uh the, the most uh, raunchy I've been on a yeah, podcast. It, he says some <laughs> things that were just like incredible, and it was a great time had by all. Uh, shouts to Hunter. Hunter's the guy um yeah yes but also obviously we have a patreon uh mm-hmm. patreon.com mc university pod uh if you haven't listened to the daddy's pod it is just just fantastic stuff uh so make sure you do it. yes and you should be you guys did a, a bang up job shout out to everybody involved jerome shiv uh springthorpe and cecilia all y'all was just tremendous on that show and yeah so check us there the discord is always hopping we're always talking about everything that's going on uh what you'll get next week from us uh we will be talking obi-wan kenobi we'll be talking about the finale we'll be talking about the season overall as a mm-hmm. whole uh we we are we have endeavored to get a guest so uh-huh. so it lo- looks like we may we may have somebody special come on uh, a pal mm-hmm. so that's should be interesting. into a back to tank Yes, yes, yes. Back to them from a back to tank. And we'll be back here also with Miss Marvel. And we're not far away from Thor Love and Thunder. So we're a couple weeks away. So look out for a pod on that. Uh, what you call it? Probably a little sooner than what you would normally get. But yeah, the Thor Love and Thunder is on its way. So yeah, just keep it locked here. Thanks everybody for supporting as always. And for Dalbino Sorio and Jake Christie, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.